That's at the ending. That's not at the, that's not at the beginning. Yeah, we should be should be good to go now. All right. Hopefully everybody's doing good. We're going to talk about Melchizedek, Melchizedek today. Melchizedek. Uh, I'll, I'll teach you how to pronounce it in a little while. Uh, the Greek version is Melchizedek. Not so much for the Hebrew, but the Greek, absolutely. Melchizedek. That's where we get our pronunciation from. And so, Melchizedek. So, if you have your electronic devices or the old paper version, we're going to be in Genesis 14. So, Genesis 14. Everybody knows about Melchizedek. Hopefully we can bring a little bit of mystery out of this today. It's one of those things that's been talked about a ton over the years. But talked about and understood are two different things. So. That's true. And I got that uh, Mormon doctrine in my head. Mormon doctrine. That can be a little confusing at times. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They're, They're part of the, the line? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, hopefully today we can... Yeah. It's true. We can... Oh, yeah. That looks good. Conscious. Couscous. I know. It, it's like that. It's like rendezvous. It's rendezvous, okay? All right. Um, I carry a knife. Hate English, dude. Hate English. Raymond noodles. Rama. I need some of the Rama noodles. I need some Rama in my life. Are you on camera? Yeah, yeah, we're we're good. That's okay. They're probably laughing there too. They're like, what are these people saying? All right. So we're talking about Melchizedek, and uh, we're going to jump right into fourteen. Ot Genesis fourteen. Genesis fourteen. Yeah, so, so I love I love the mystery of Melchizedek. Why? It's because it's only mentioned three times in the Bible, three chapters in the whole thing, um, and so that that don't give us a lot to go on. But they're by the name opens up a lot of mystery if you read it in a certain version. Um, and if you study languages, that's really when it opens up and it's like, I've never seen that before. And so hopefully we, we're going to get there tonight and look at some stuff. Um, so, Genesis 14. Um, there's a lot of names in there. 
So at that time, the king of so-and-so and all these kings went to war against the king of Sodom and Gomorrah, king of Admah. Um, and so basically a bunch of kings, five against four, goes to battle. Okay, They go down and they, they win. Of course, Lot is in part of Sodom and Gomorrah, and then they capture Sodom and take them back. Uh, Sodom, our Lot, is probably a little bit of wealthy because he's rolling with Abraham, so he's got some money. That's probably why he was able to live, and, and that's why they took him. All right. So let's jump down. I wanted to show something. All right. A fugitive came and told Abraham the Hebrew. Okay. How was Abraham a Hebrew? <laughs> just, just wait. Um, this, this gets into a lot. The timeline of when Genesis was written as well. Now Abram was living in the oaks of Mary, uh, the Ammonite brother of man. These too many words. Let's see. All right. When Abraham heard of his nephew was taken captive, he mobilized his 318 tra trained men who had been born in his household, okay? Now, five kings just went and took over four different cities, and Abraham has taken 318 and going after them. Does that even seem fair? Is that even logical? No. I mean, you've probably got at least a couple of thousand people. Um, and so he took them in, born of his own household, pursued the invaders as far as Dan. Okay. That, that has always struck me odd. When does Dan come around? And what book does Dan come around? It wasn't until when? Joshua. How many decades later? No, not decades. How many centuries later is that? That is a long time. So for them to put the detail of Dan in Genesis, when is this possibly written or rewritten? It's a big gap big gap. Many people think Moses wrote this book. Possibly did. Possibly wrote most of it. The finishing details was not done until later on. There's no way. No way. There's too many details of five or six hundred years later in this book today. So for them to say all the way to the Dan 
Okay, well, now we have, now we have two options. Which Dan? There's two Dans. Say, same person, but two tribal locations. And so which Dan is they talking about? Well, I, I know because they, they're going past Salem. Okay? Or, yeah, we'll, we'll stick with the word Salem. Um, yeah, the lower, the original Dan. Um, so the original Dan was take Jerusalem, okay? And then Benjamin was right here. Dan was right here. They were the east coast, north, south, east, west coast. They were never near the, the waterside. Yeah. Later on, when they got expelled, they went up north. Right. Yeah, because they were worshiping other gods. And so they, they had to move out of the, the territory or the covering of Judah. Um, and so, so they pursued the invaders as, as far as Dan. So that's, that's a good long way, okay? You're talking about northern Dead Sea all the way to Dan. So good, good hump. You're talking about through the Judea, uh, Judean Desert. I mean, it's really hilly unless you go the northern route, then it kind of smooths out a little bit. Uh, I have a map I brought with me. I'm going to show you later on, like, the terrain they would have probably went through and where Sodom and Gomorrah probably was. Um, and so, so yeah. All right. So then during the night, Abraham divided his forces against them and defeated them. Yet again, it's a lot of people. So favor of God was on him. He chased them as far as Hobah, probably, which is north of Damascus. That's another long, stinking way. The Damascus is in Syria. We're talking about a long hump. We're talking about a at least three days. At least. And that's, that's, that's bringing in, like, horses and stuff. And this ain't, this ain't like the little trip. This is a long way. Yeah. Okay, so we're, we're, this is not, okay, so now this story went from, like, oh, he went and got him till a multiple weeks of conquest okay this is not little this is big okay Abraham's yeah Abraham's yeah Abram at the time yeah um, and so and he defeated them he chased them as far as Hobah uh, which is north of Damascus north and he retrieved all the stolen property so whatever they took he got it back he also brought back his, his nephew Lot with his possessions as well as the women and the rest of the people. Okay, so he went and set the captives free. All right. After Abraham returned defeating, I forget how you say that. It's not the way it sounds. I forget. I'm going to have to look that one up in a bit. The king who were with, with him, the king of Sodom, went out to meet Abraham, or Abram, in the valley of Shebeh. So Melchizedek, king of Salem, okay, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God. 
he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham by the Most High God, creator of heaven and earth. Worthy of praise is the God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of everything. Okay, a lot of stuff is going on right here. A lot of stuff. All right. Yes. Yeah, Melchizedek is completely separate. All right. So let's get into this. All right. What's the first thing that happens? Melchizedek. So let's talk about the name to begin with. So Melchi, M-E-L-C-H-I, Melchi, means my king, my king, Okay. Uh, Zedek is the Hebrew of righteous, righteousness, okay? So it's my king of righteousness. That's what that means, okay? Um, so, yes, in Hebrew. So, the first thing he does is he brought out bread and wine. So that caught me, and it's like bread and wine. I like bread and wine. Fermented, unfermented, it's okay. <laughs> so we brought out bread and wine. What does bread and wine represent? The body and the blood of Christ, right? Also, it is the covenant. Okay? That covenant changed, especially the new covenant. Okay? That new covenant change. Okay, when Jesus says, hey, do this in remembrance of me. That was the covenant. That's that covenant, right? We're going to get into that a little bit later in the, when we read some uh, NT stuff, New Testament. I say N-T-O-T, so you just got to watch out for it. Um, so, is Melchizedek Jesus. We'll go with that. Allegorically, maybe. Physically back then, probably not. Why? I say this is because it's the way it's written in Hebrew. The way it's written in Hebrew is not, they do not give any identifiers that say this is a deity other than Canaan. So there's a Canaanite god named Zedek. Okay? So if you look, Melchizedek, okay? If you look at the name, Zedek is a, is a, a Canaan deity. So where is Salem? Well, um, Salem or the, the time of, of, of that, it would have been, um, let me think, would have been Jerus, Jerus meaning city of Jerus Salem, the city of Salem, the city of peace. That's where we get Jerusalem from. It literally means the city of peace. 
So where did he cross in front of, or right to the north of, Dan? So he crossed his path, he's in his territory, and he's like, hey, let me come out and meet this guy. Because Abraham's very wealthy, blessed by God, because he just took 318 people and went and whooped the tar out of these fellas, and then chased them all over God's creation, and, and, and got his nephew back. So he's like, hey, i got to go meet this guy, because I don't want him on the wrong side. So is this guy who he says he is, allegorically, maybe, physically, maybe, did he, was he a priest of God? The Bible says so. Was it a king of Salem? Well, the Bible says so. So he's a king and a priest. Got to pay attention to that one, okay? Um, is he... A convert of God, kind of like Abraham is, possibly. Okay, we don't know a lot about Melchizedek. Okay, <laughs> you look confused. Just hanging with me for a minute. Because I, I, I was under the impression that Christ was the more pregnant priest. Order, order. Yeah. Okay, and we're gonna get to that. Okay. okay. So there's an order that's going on, okay? So there's a priesthood, a, a kingship in Jerusalem that is going on, Salem at the time, um, which just means peace, okay? Um, so the city of peace, Melchizedek comes out, my king of righteousness, that's his name. Or my king of, my king Zedek. We don't know. Zadok could have been a person, and people said, my king Zadok, he's righteous. He was a righteous king. Means he, could, he could have been a good guy that ruled uh, um, what's the mountain? Mountains. No, no, no. We're Moriah. So all Moriah area, he owned. So we have possibilities here when you read it in the Hebrew. It's like, now this ain't very clear. And it's not. It's not very clear. Now, we, we've been taught a ton of different ways growing up, and, and especially because people love to be popular. It's a very popular thing to just jump on that bandwagon and be like, he was the priest of God. He probably was Jesus and all the other stuff. But when you break it down, he may not have been. He may have been Zadok, a good guy from Jerusalem that may have had an encounter with God just like Abraham did. We just don't know. Well, that name would have been, it, it don't mean, it, it's not really a, a name. It's It's Hebrew. So it literally just means my name is righteousness or my king is righteousness. So we don't know. So, so it's like um, the word Theophilus, okay? We see Theophilus in the, in the New Testament. All it means is God lover. So was that to a person or was that to just a, a group of people? We, we don't know. We know what it means. It could have been a person, or it could have been a group of people. It could have been a small group, a house, 
And we're like, hey, those are the God lovers. Hey, Theophilus, I write to you. We have to keep these things in, in, our, in our mind. I mean, there's so many hidden things in the Bible that we just don't have answers to. They are mysteries, absolutely. And that's why I love to sit and just open these things up. And it's like, could there be more to this? Absolutely, there's more to this. All right. So, let's jump on down. All right. So the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the people and take the possessions for yourself. Abraham replied to the king of Sodom, I raised my hand to the Lord, the, the most high God, creator of heaven and earth, and vow that I will take nothing uh, belonging to you, not even a shred or strap of the sandal. That way you can never say, It was I who made Abraham rich. I will take nothing except compensation for what the young, young men have eaten. Uh, as for the share of the men who went with me, uh, it says, let them take their share, okay? All right, jumping into 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. It says, fear not, Abraham. I am your shield. I am the one who rewards you for the abundance. All right, let me see here. The Lord. All right. So we get down, and he gives. The funny thing is, he gives, and I, I jumped right over this. He says he gave uh, Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of everything. But where did the tenth come from? Told Abraham what? To who? Right. Well, where did the ten percent come from, though? That's what I'm trying to understand because the ironic line has not been done yet. Mosaic law has not been set yet, and we're talking four centuries later before. Uh, the Levitical priesthood even begins. So where does this even come from? Well, it comes from the beginning of time. Huh? Adam. Adam and Eve, right, as they get kicked out. Well, they were, but they were giving 10% back then, weren't they? They were, they were doing sacrifices. Abel gave it, I think that's the first mention. Absolutely. Yep. Abel fell over and came back yellow. That's right. Abel. Right. Yeah, he did. He got mad. Got jealous. But what I'm saying is, where did Abraham get this from? He he had to get it. Okay, so he he grew up pagan. That's the thing. But this pagan understood the laws of God because it's been set for the foundation of the world that 10% was just normal. It was the bare minimum. The other word is 
um, what do you call it? A Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge, what do they call them? A miser. The word miser is just enough to beyond to get beyond the curse. The 10%, you're a miser. The misers don't give. It's not that misers don't give. They give, they give just enough to get by. That's what a miser is. That wasn't established. That's like a later, later on thing. Yeah. But the 10% come from right out of Genesis. Was it three? Two. Genesis two, right? Yeah. Genesis two, I think. So the set, so basically what I, love and hate about the devil is he loves to take God's things and pollutes them. So uh, the polytheist that Abraham grew up with understood that blessing a God, a deity, took 10%. So I guarantee Abraham already had that in his brain. The 10% was just the bottom that he could have blessed Melchizedek with. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it kind of does. Because where else would he have gotten it from? That's it. Unless God spoke to him. Okay? But it says Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of everything. It didn't say God told him to. So he understood the priesthood. He understood he was a priest. He understood he was a king. Who? Abraham. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got God-like stuff happening before God-like encounters. Yeah. Like the bread and the wine. Things are happening that should not be happening yet. See, we can't see this until later on. But you, do what? It is teasers. But it makes you think. It's like, why, why did he think that way? You know, it's, it's and it really is. It's, it's, it's a God thing that he puts into us. And I love it because of the New Testament. Jesus says, I will put the law upon your heart. Abraham was just acting out of obedience, out of what God created him to be. That's why we're what we're going to read in the New Testament. They were, they were commanded to tithe up to that 22%, but the 10% was given to the storehouse of God, according to Levites. Right. Yeah, the 10% just was for Le Levites. That was it. Yeah, it was either 21 or 22 percent. It was a good bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so you, you've had 
Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and most people gave two times a year. And so that was, uh, you know, the spring harvest and the fall harvest. And so, yeah, big deal. A lot, a lot of a big deal. And so, all right. Let's jump to Hebrews 7. Did I cover everything I wanted to cover here? Yeah, let's go. Right, let's jump in there. Hebrews 7, verse 11. Now this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the God Most High, met Abraham as he was returning from defeating the kings and blessed him. To him also Abraham appointed a tithe of everything. His name first means king of righteousness. Then king of Salem, or Salam, all right? That is the king, of pre, the king of peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, he has never, he has neither beginning of days nor the end of life, but he is like the son of God. And he remains a priest for all time, okay? Hebrews chapter seven. Verse 1. Okay. Now, I love this because the writer of Hebrew is going off only the scripture that he has. Okay. Because the genealogy is not there. His birth or death is not there. He, he only goes off of what there is some writings of Hebrews that he probably got this from, okay? This is not canonized for us, okay? This is writings way before Jesus would even have been part of this. Um, so this is probably where he, he, he gets this writing out of um, that talks about Melchizedek. Uh, talks about Melchizedek being a deity. Well, the Canaanite Zedek was a deity as well. Okay, so there's a lot of avenues that could come about here. Okay, so we can't read into it, but you can see like how people are, or how scripture is coming about. All right, but see how great he must be. If Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of his plunder, and those are the sons of the Levite who received the priestly office have authorization according to the law to collect a tithe of the people, that is, from their fellow countrymen, although they are descendants of Abraham, but Melchizedek does not share the ancestry collected, collected a tithe from Abraham and blessed the ones who possessed the promise. 
okay? Because only the Levites were authorized the tent. Melchizedek was not. But Abraham blessed him anyway. Okay? It is interesting. I love it. Oh, there's so much left out. That's, that's the love and hate relationship I have with Scripture because I have a lot of answers. I have a lot of questions, and I don't get a lot of answers. Because the Bible we have, you know, is this thick. The Bible we should have is about this thick. Yeah. What's the thing about blessing? No, it's not. But you know what? It's, it's up to God, and it ain't up to me. So I would love to to have the original writings and man there's so much that's just been burned and so because the temple's been burned down so many times all right now without do what yeah um, that could definitely be a part of it uh, or just the evil of time just got to to do its job. Yeah, I mean... It, yeah, I mean, the temple never would have been torn down twice and utterly destroyed if people would have done what they were supposed to do. Right, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh now it's it's now it's let's change it. Yeah, the new thing is let's change it. That that don't that don't fit. I don't think God I don't think the scripture's for us today. And and yeah, no, what the be nice, Daniel. Be nice. Yeah. And the church thinks that, of course, roosters weren't allowed to be in the temple gates no. of the court. Right. The sacrilegious were the Jews to see them. Right. And the roosters' chickens belong near the commoners, the, the servants. Yep. They, they didn't come up there. It shouldn't have been there. But the, the That's why it was so out of the ordinary. Right.
Right. Noah's Shem? Huh? You know what Noah's Shem? He was a progenerator, they called him. Right. Abraham. That he was, they believed he yeah. was a successor of Abraham's righteousness. That he was high priest of Israel. Hmm. He does like doing forerunners. I mean, there, yeah, there's, there's people that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Whew, that's getting good now. All right. All right. All right. So let's jump to 11. So if perfection had, in fact, been possible through the Levitical priesthood, for on that basis the people received the law, what further need would there be for another priest to arrive? said to be in the order of Melchizedek, not in Aaron's order. Okay. I love that. Let me read before I talk. For when the priesthood changes, a change in the law must come as well. Yet the one, yet the one, yet the one these things are spoken about belongs to a different tribe. And no one from that tribe have ever officiated at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord is descended from Yehuda, or Judah. Yet Moses said nothing about the priest in connection with that tribe. Okay? Now he's going back and he's telling a story. And this is even clearer if another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest not by legal regulations like the Levi about physical descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. All right, he's talking about the deity of Christ here. For here is the testimony about him you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. I like it. For on one hand, a former command is to set aside because it is weak and useless. Right? Talking about the law. For the law made nothing perfect. And it didn't make it didn't make anything perfect. What was the law for? The law for was to identify sin. That was what the law was for. To identify what was wrong in front of God. On the on the other hand, a better hope is introduced. I love that. Therefore, which we draw near to God. The law did not make men draw near to God. It was the forgiveness of God that drew men to him. Now, that's right. That's right. And that's yes. And since there was not done without a sworn affirmation, okay, or ordination, for the others have become priests without a sworn affirmation. 
But Jesus did so with a sworn affirmation by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. According to Jesus, accordingly, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. And the others who became priests were numerous because death prevented them from continuing the office. But he holds the priesthood permanently since he lives forever. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, yeah. Yeah. So he is able to completely save those who have come to God through him because he always lives the inter- he he lives to intercede for them, okay? I love this. Melchizedek was a priest and a king. We'd never see it again. Jews were not allowed to hold both offices. It wasn't until Jesus that he became the priest and the king that we see the order of Melchizedek come to pass. That's why Melchizedek was king and priest. The second one happened with Jesus. That's why he said the order had been refund, refound. So was he the former Melchizedek? And then he likes Yep. Wow. Yep. That's why it's in the order of Melchizedek. Because Jesus is king and priest. He is Melchizedek. He is my king of righteousness. Melchizedek, the beginning of it, the forerunner of the true Melchizedek. That's why. And we have prophecy of what to come in between both of them. So you can never hold two callings. You can never be a king and a priest. Nope. But Melchizedek was and it did not happen again until Jesus. Okay, so we read in Psalm chapter 10, or 110, sorry. Here's the Lord's proclamation to my Lord. Sit down on my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. The Lord extends your dominion from Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people willingly follow you when you go into battle. On the holy hill at sunrise, the dew of your youth belongs to you. The Lord makes this promise on oath and will not revoke it. You are an external priest after the pattern of Melchizedek. The pattern of Melchizedek. A sovereign Lord at your right hand, he strikes down kings in the day he unleashes his anger. He executes, executes judgment against the nations. He fills the valley with corpses. Man, if that ain't the life of Jesus, I don't know what is. I mean, my goodness. It, it, I mean, and I love David. I, I, yeah, there's too much to even talk about, about David. Uh, David... If David was not the torchbearer of, of the gospel, nothing was. I mean, he held the light that, that really showed the way, uh, that, that really brought, brings an understanding that, man, if we were to miss 
the book of Psalms, we could not understand what God was trying to say and do. I think we would just, it would just be, be just a massive hole there. All right? And I'm going to jump into Hebrews 5 right fast. For every high priest is taken from among the people and, and appointed to represent them before God. He's talking about priests here. To offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Gifts and sacrifices for sin. Okay? High priest. High priest. All right? Who also was a high priest? Well, yes, but right after Moses' what? Father-in-law, Jethro. He was a high priest of Midian. Pagan, but he understood it. That's the difference. Guarantee he had an encounter. Okay. He is able to deal compassionately with those who are ignorant and erring since he also is subject to weakness. Okay? Is a king in your personal business? No. But is a priest? Absolutely. That's why Jesus says, I am king and I am priest. It's the only way he could have called you friend. And I love that. See, the authority of Jesus never moved when Jesus says, hey, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. The authority of Jesus never changed. Our king. Yeah. So when Jesus says, hey, I call you friend, it don't mean you won't bow to your knees. It just means I'm going to let you in my business. That's the difference. So many people get this picture of, Oh, me and Jesus is my homie. Well, I'm so sorry you don't understand Scripture. Because I guarantee you when King walks in, homie is not going to be the word you use. It's going to be weeping and falling on your face before the King of the Almighty God, the Creator of heaven and earth. I've been there. Absolutely terrified. Absolutely terrified. Absolutely. Yeah, they were jealous. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. They, They were on the high horse, Bubba. High horse. And so, um, but yeah, that's about all the time we got tonight, but just keep reading about this. I mean, it, it is good. And I love this. In, 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 he says, You are my son. Today I have fathered you. As also in another place, God says, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. I love that. During the early life, Christ offered both requests and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his devotion. 
I love that. Because you trust Jesus does not mean Jesus trusts you. He was heard because of his devotion unto God. I mean, the Bible says he blessed them and sent them out. When it was possible, he probably put hands on them. I would assume so. The transferring of anointing is usually done by laying on of hands, correct? Yeah. Definitely the authority has, has transferred into your life, yeah. Because um, yeah, ain't no ain't no... Ain't no another step. <laughs> I mean, he is the top. Uh, and that's why I love about the centurion when Jesus goes to him. And, and the centurion is like, hey, just say the word. He says, I understand this authority. I understand the chain of command. He says, all you got to do is say it and it's done. I have people under me. If I say one go and one to come, they do what I say. And Jesus is like, man, no greater faith have I seen anywhere in the earth than this guy here. That's incredible to me because he understood the authority of Jesus, man. And I, I, I love how Peter says, you know, you are my king and my God. And I, I just, it's, it's so much affirmation in, in the New Testament and the scriptures that just puts Jesus as just full-blown deity and, and authority in heaven and earth. I mean, it's just it's just too too much, um, you know. It's it's so good. But Melchizedek, yeah, it's it's a mystery. Um, it's a mystery of the full meaning. Um, Melek, it's just my king. Um, Jerusalem, um, you know. You have to not take it with a grain of salt. You just have to be, um, you have to understand the, the language of it. Um, yeah, I, like Adoni uh, Zedek, it literally means my Lord. Zedek, my Lord of peace. So it's not an uncommon word to use. I mean, it's, it's not. It's just, it's just a word. Um, um, uh, what is the other one? Um, uh, Melek Yah, Melek El, uh, Melek El. Um, Abraham says this later on. In Hebrew, Melekel, Melek, Melekael, um, literally means uh, uh, my king, Yahweh. I mean, it's, it's it's not it's it's one of those things you we have a very hard tendency to read into, but it's it's to them Hebrew readers are like eh, it's just Melchizedek. It just means the king of peace. We, we don't even have his name. 
So we don't even really know what his name is. It just means king of peace. My king of peace at that. So we don't even have his name. Was he, was he, a, was he a Canaanite deity maybe? I don't know. Was he a guy that had an amazing uh, 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 experience with God and now he become uh, the priest and king of, of uh, what we know as Moriah or, or Salem there? Could have been. We just don't know. We just know he was blessed by God to be the order of Melchizedek. Something happened that put him, put him in that title. Mm-hmm. So he had respect for the king. Yeah. Did he, I, I can't remember, did he come to him or did Abraham go to him? He, he went to Abraham. Which is interesting. Yeah. But a lot of peace treaties are done by gifts. So could it have been a future agreement an agreement between me and you I'm going to bless you just just I'm going to show you that I, I mean no ill will toward you it could have been that it could, it could have been a lot of stuff um, you know it, it, we just don't know enough that's the thing there's just too many holes in that son of a gun it's like a bug screen we can see through it but there's still a barrier there I'm like, man, I wish I had some more writings. <laughs> uh, any questions? I'm sure, but we don't have another week to cover this. I, I mean, I have some questions that it doesn't, well, kind of coincides, but do you, know, do you know what the Urim and the Thummim means? Something that had to do with it was put on the the plates. There were two plates that were put on the priest, mm-hmm. and that they had the stones. Tough stones. Each one of the tribes. Mm-hmm. But the Urim and the Thummim, and if I'm saying it right, it somehow I don't know what that is. I'm studying that right now. It's really like amazing. Like I don't understand. I don't know if it if it was put into it, like it was something some kind it had something to do with I don't know. I don't know. Hang on, we'll talk about it. Let me close this out. Let's I'm pray and then we'll the give them the thumbs up and the cheese and we'll we'll crash this thing out. Father, we thank you for your word. How we thank you for the mysteries that keeps us indulged into your scripture. God in the life that you have provided us and and it's such a joy just to, to seek you, to seek you in these words and, and to just seek out your mysteries. It's such a blessing to have this, Lord. Lord. And every time we go home and we study and every time we just look to you, God, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us. Bless these people that come here that hunger for you and your righteousness to know you more. God, I ask you to bless them. Bless them for seeking you, Jesus. Bless them, Lord. Speak to them like never before. Teach them like a no man can. God, let the words just radiate in their hearts. God, we thank you for who you are and what you do. 
And we are so grateful to have a God like you. In Jesus' name, amen.